Hello, HSP Wellness Warriors. Daphne here. Tanya and I are taking a summer break from our normal podcast recording while we're both working on some exciting new projects that we'll be sharing with you soon. During this time on the podcast, we'll be sharing previous talks from my highly sensitive and strong Facebook community, along with some of our guided meditations. And now, on to today's episode... On part two of what it means to be highly sensitive, where we explore the common struggles and strengths of highly sensitive people. If you'd like to be part of the conversation on more talks like this one, please join me in the Highly Sensitive and Strong Facebook community. I'll post the link in the show notes. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's live training, which is part two of a multi-part series on what it means to be highly sensitive, Um, along with um, me sharing some practical tools to help you experience more balance and ease instead of stress, overwhelm, anxiety in your life. So grab something to take some notes and let's get started. So if you are new to our group or to our live trainings, I'm Daphne Lee, aka Yogi Ranger. I'm the founder of this group and the creator of the Freedom from Anxiety program. I'm also a coach for highly sensitive people and a yoga and mindfulness teacher. So if you excuse me, haven't already seen part one of the series that we did last week. It was kind of an in-depth intro on what it means to be highly sensitive. You can go back and find it in the guide section of the group. You don't have to um, watch that one before this one. Um, In that lesson, I invited you to do some homework. And and that invitation was to take about five minutes at the end of each day for one week and reflect on how you find yourself responding to the world around you. So you might notice how you felt after different social situations, after going to work or interacting with different people in your life and noticing how other people's moods and emotions affect your own moods and emotions. And then also taking note and noticing how your body responds to the things that you eat and drink and and in fact all of the things that you take in through your senses so for example noticing how you feel after watching different kinds of tv shows versus how you feel after you spend time outdoors. So this is an invitation to get really curious about what nourishes you and what maybe leaves you feeling a little bit frazzled or depleted because we have to start with being aware of things because we can't change what we're not aware of. So if you have been doing this practice already this week, I'd love for you to drop me a note in the comments and let me know what you've been learning about yourself. And if you haven't done it yet, I encourage you to um, get started and, and start with it today. 
So the word sensitive is often loaded with negative connotations. So oftentimes we will equate it to being weak or fragile or vulnerable. And this is not what it actually means to be sensitive. Um, Being highly sensitive is definitely not a disorder or a disease, and it shouldn't be confused with things like being an introvert. Um, There are people who are introverted and highly sensitive, but there are also people who are extroverted and highly sensitive. And um, part of the reason why I named the group what I did is that we can be highly sensitive and we can still be very strong, very empowered individuals. In fact, some of the strongest people that I know are highly sensitive people. So it is not a weakness. And today we're going to talk about some of the common struggles as well as strengths of being highly sensitive. And as we go through these today, I'd love it if you will let me know in the comments which ones you relate to. So um, highly sensitive people tend to be very conscientious. They often strive towards perfection, and they really do their best to avoid making mistakes. And this mindset means that they are likely to achieve a lot of success in their life because they're conscientious and because they work really hard and they don't want to make mistakes, but because they also have a tendency um, to take on a lot of responsibility, it can lead to overwhelm, exhaustion, and burnout, especially when it's combined with the way that as highly sensitive people that we're so attuned to our environment and our senses, because this means that our nervous system can easily become overwhelmed. So highly sensitive people can also struggle to set really healthy boundaries. And we're going to talk about this a lot more next week. But even though um, highly sensitive people are extremely compassionate about the needs of others, they can sometimes neglect their own needs. Um, They might have a tendency to put other people's needs before their own, and they can find it difficult to say no or to assert themselves. And this can be exhausting, and it takes a toll on us in the long run. So um, highly sensitive people will often find themselves absorbing or taking on the emotions of others. And they can even find it hard to distinguish between their own emotions and the emotions of other people. They often have a sense of um, feeling misunderstood or feeling different from other people, you know, the other people in their lives. And, And a lot of times we'll have a tendency to kind of question the mainstream um, and, and really spend time reflecting, 
wondering, asking big questions about the meaning of life. And and this means that we can also um, tend to be a little bit more in touch with um, the spiritual aspects of life or the non-material aspects of reality. And this sensitivity and awareness of um of a spiritual path can even feel overwhelming at times to us. So um, highly sensitive people st- often spend a lot of time thinking, analyzing, reflecting on situations. A lot of times, you know, we'll kind of play things over and over in our minds and our overactive mind can be prone to, again, having like emotional overwhelm and feelings of burnout. And if it's left unchecked, those um, those of us who are highly sensitive are m- more likely to experience periods of extreme anxiety, of stress, of guilt, of shame in our lives, of um, depression to really be affected by things. And so it's it's so important for us to not just learn how to take really good care of our body and our nervous system as highly sensitive people, but how do we actually care for our own mind and our own thoughts? It's a very important skill for us to develop. Um, Many highly sensitive people tend to have a very strong inner critic. And as I mentioned earlier, we can strive towards um, perfectionism. And this can end up being a bit of a hindrance when, um, when it becomes part of us just working too hard and not not taking enough downtime and self-care for for ourselves. So as a result, again, this is another thing that can make us a little bit more prone to anxiety, stress, overwhelm, and burnout. This means that um, it's so important for us to engage in acts of self-compassion and self-care in order to build our emotional resilience and so that we can have a roadmap, you know, to maintain our emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. We really need that. We need that roadmap and we need to, to, to take time to engage in practices that really support us. Um, I said a little bit about this last week, um, but research has shown that when highly sensitive people have spent time in really challenging situations, um, having traumatic experiences, or um, being in a more toxic kind of environment, such as if, if we experience these things in childhood, that it makes us more vulnerable to the impacts of trauma and mental and emotional struggles like depression and anxiety. And it's, you know, it's been reasoned that these are disadvantages of being highly sensitive. However, um, the challenges that often come from difficult life circumstances can also be advantageous to us because the pain that stems 
from our wounds and from these difficult circumstances can really become part of our greatest gifts because they can be sort of the fuel that propels us into a significant path of healing and transformation. And, um, and so it can, it can make us be able to empathize more with others. And, and it can also give, um, people who are called to do this kind of work to become really, um, wonderful coaches and mentors for others or very sensitive parents to their sensitive kids. And it's important to remember that, that in the same way that, um, we're, we're highly affected by toxic environments were also highly affected and influenced by nurturing situations. And so in knowing that we can set up our lives in such a way and choose to surround ourselves with people that really nourish and nurture us and, and help, you know, those, those, um, those good feelings to really take hold inside of us. Um, oftentimes, highly sensitive people have a real deep longing for meaning and purpose in their lives. And, and they'll often struggle if, you know, if we don't feel like we're living in a way that is in alignment with our values or what we feel like our purpose is. And, you know, and I've always been a big believer that it's not like each of us just has one purpose in life, that we can have multiple purposes. It's not that we have to find that one perfect purpose, but it's important for us as highly sensitive people to to be able to get up each day and to feel like we are contributing um, to our purpose and and living in a way that is aligned with what is deeply meaningful to us. Can you relate to that? So um, oftentimes, um, it's we we want to really find authentic fulfillment in our lives. And, and that looks different for each of us, but there can be um, really this kind of soul searching that we do or this calling that kind of drives us to seek out alternative and meaningful ways of living and, um, and of approaching life. So a lot of times, um, highly sensitive people will struggle with having limiting or negative beliefs surrounding themselves and their sensitivities. So, um, you know, sometimes the most of most of our beliefs really do stem back to our childhood. A lot of the beliefs that we carry with us, um, we we learned before we were even consciously able to choose whether or not those beliefs actually serve us well. And it is possible to change our beliefs. Um, and so I think it's it's really valuable to, to learn um, and get really curious about what your own beliefs are in life and to pay attention to what you say to yourself so that so that you can start to shift things that aren't working anymore and that don't serve you. Sometimes 
highly sensitive people really grow up feeling like they're not quite good enough because maybe they've been told that they're too sensitive or that they're overreacting or they're overly dramatic or that everything, you know, everything bothers them. Or so they might feel really like they're not worthy. And it, can any of you relate to that? I know for a long time, that was a, a deep struggle of mine of really feeling somehow not worthy. I didn't even know what I was not worthy of. I just didn't feel worthy. And and that was not a fun place to be. We can really struggle at times, perhaps if we're, if we're feeling that with having poor self-esteem. And, and so again, as a result, it's really, really important for us to do the work of learning how to rewrite our limiting beliefs and our negative self-talk so that we can really create a very healthy sense of self. And as human beings, we are meaning making machines. Like we love to make meaning out of things. And there's a yoga sutra that says basically that each individual person perceives the same object in a different way according to their own state of mind and projections. So I'm going to say that again. Each individual person perceives the same object in a different way according to their own state of mind and projections. So in other words, we see what we expect to see in the world based on our beliefs. And our mind is very, very efficient. You know, it's constantly looking for opportunities to confirm our beliefs. And, you know, I think that this concept and this idea can be incredibly liberating and empowering if we choose to be aware of what our beliefs are, and then we make the effort to change the ones that are limiting us, um, because it can also really suck if we let our limiting beliefs control us and hold us back in life. So when I was when I was young, I was absolutely terrified to speak in front of groups, like to speak in front of other people, unless it was pretty much one-on-one, it was terrifying to me. And and getting, you know, called on in school and having to, to participate out loud would cause me extreme anxiety and distress. And I really believed for a long time that I could not speak in public because I would get so nervous that I would just go completely blank and I'd have no idea what to say, or I was just completely convinced that I was going to make a total fool of myself in a way that I wouldn't be able to recover from. So then when I was in my early 20s, I by that time, I found that my life had really started to completely transform and change after after a few years of um, doing yoga in, and um, learning meditation. And I was so happy with the results that I was getting and so relieved to not be in a constant state of extreme anxiety anymore um, that I 
I really, I wanted to start teaching because I wanted to share what I had learned with other people. And then it, um, it dawned on me that that would mean that I would have to actually get up in front of other people and I would have to talk. And it was absolutely terrifying. But instead of letting my fear and my old limiting beliefs stop me, I reminded myself that it wasn't about me and that I wanted to teach so that other people could have that same ability to transform their own lives. And all it really required was for me to get out of my own way and to, to, you know, quit believing those thoughts. And the truth is, I still get nervous talking in front of others, but here I am, I'm doing it anyway. And, um, and I found that over time, I actually got to the point where I was able to present talks in front of more than a hundred people in person, um, not just online, but where I was actually in the physical presence of over a hundred people. And I was able to get through those um, stressful situations. And, and it was really, again, just because I started to really become aware of the beliefs that were holding me back from the things that I actually really wanted to do in life. And so there's a practice that I teach um, in my program and with, uh, you know, students and clients of mine, that is just a simple way to start to rewrite our own limiting thoughts and limiting beliefs that you can start to put into practice in your own life right away. And I'm going to share that with you now. So all you have to do is to take a few minutes to write down whatever is in your mind. And, and I recommend that maybe you do it in the morning or at the end of your day. I like to call this doing a brain dump because you're literally just putting all your thoughts on paper. You just want to let it be kind of a stream of consciousness where you're not really thinking about it. You're not judging it or worrying about it. Um, but you're just whatever comes up in your mind that you're just putting it out onto the paper. And then after you've spent a few minutes doing this, like you might even just set a timer for yourself, test it out for yourself of how fast you write and how much you can get out, maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. And then you just read through your thoughts. After you get it all out on paper, read through your thoughts. And as you read through them, start to notice how your thoughts make you feel. Are they thoughts that you want to be thinking? Are they creating feelings in you that are helping you to take the actions that you want to be taking in your life? Or are they holding you back? And I want you to pay particular attention to your repetitive thoughts. So it means you have to do this practice on a regular basis, but, um, but it's a great morning journaling practice or evening time journaling practice. And you just start to pay attention to your repetitive thoughts and to thoughts that don't make you feel good. And, um, and just if you have, if you notice that you're having negative thoughts that are coming up that you want to shift, Again, just get really curious about how the thought makes you feel. 
So it's really important to understand that most of the actions that we take in life are the result of how we think and how we feel. So for example, let's say you have this belief about yourself that you always fall off the wagon every time you try to eat better or exercise. And if that's the case and you have that belief, then your brain will actually look for opportunities to make that true. And, and maybe, you know, maybe if you've struggled with things for a time, as you start to dig into your thoughts, you might notice that you're having thoughts like, I hate my body, or, you know, or like you, you look at yourself in the mirror, when you when you see yourself in the mirror, like if you've just gotten out of the shower, notice what you say to yourself, what kinds of thoughts are you having? Do you look at yourself and you do you see yourself in a loving way? Do you do you look at yourself and you notice the things that you that you love and appreciate about your body? Or do you look at, in the mirror and you think, "Oh, I hate the way I look right now." You look at those stretch marks, look at those whatever it is and really start to pay attention to how do those thoughts make you feel? Because most likely they're making you feel pretty bad. Maybe they make you feel depressed. Maybe they make you feel a little worthless. And and, and then consider this. What do you then do once you're already feeling bad? So if you are like most people, um, myself included, then you're probably going to want to reach for something that will make you feel better. When we feel bad about ourselves, we are much more likely to go reach for carbs and reach for sugar or pick up our phone and scroll through social media because we're looking for that hit of dopamine that will give us some temporary relief and to temporarily make ourselves feel better in the moment But if all of this is stemming from that thought that you had that was really being unkind towards yourself, then you're not working towards your goals. You're not living in integrity with what you really want for yourself, you know? So um, instead, um, you can start to rewrite those thoughts. So instead of thinking, I'm just going to use that that example of I hate my body because I know that there are people out there that can relate to that. So instead of of thinking that and saying to that that to yourself over and over again, you could start to tell yourself, I'm working on loving my body just the way it is. Or I'm working on becoming the kind of person who follows through on their goals. And think about that for just a moment. I hate my body. I am working on loving my body just the way it is. How different do you feel if you say one statement over the other? And so it's important, you know, as you do this, like rewriting your thoughts and your beliefs, it's important that you pick a thought that is actually believable. Like we can't just go from I hate my body to I love my body because our BS 
detector is going to go off. And you're you're going to say, well, no, I don't. Look, I hate that. I don't like this. I don't like... And so instead, we want to just halt all of that and be like, hey, I'm working on loving myself exactly the way I am. And the really beautiful thing is, is that you can love yourself exactly as you are in this moment. You can love yourself with all of your stretch marks and all of your anxiety and all of your fears. You can love yourself fully and completely with all that stuff. And there can still be room for improvements. There can still be room for making changes and for working towards our deeper goals in life. And then eventually, as we keep working on this, we can eventually change our thoughts to the point where we find eventually maybe one day we wake up and we do say, I love myself. I love my body just the way it is. And 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 maybe instead of I'm working on becoming the kind of person who you know, keeps working towards their goals or follows through on their goals that eventually we become able to to say with confidence, I am the kind of person who follows through on their goals. Maybe not 100% of the time, but most of the time. So please try this practice. Give it a try. It's super powerful. Let me know how it goes for you. You know, if you've been around for a while and you think you want to dive into doing some deeper work, um, reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk to you to see if we'd be a good fit. Have a great evening, everyone, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.